Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. How delighted I am to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop as we continue through the holiday season to present pieces of horror, fantasy, and science fiction to satiate your dark tastes during this holy time of year. And it is today, as you enter the shop, that I have something perfect for you. If you'll take a look over here, I've taken the liberty of pulling this selection from the bookshelf of haunted tales, lost manuscripts, and forgotten tomes. This is a copy of a poem from 1823, attributed to Clement Clark Moore. The poem, called A Visit from St. Nicholas, is more commonly known as The Night Before Christmas and Twas the Night Before Christmas, and always one of our personal favorites here at the shop for the opening lines, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. But here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, there are always creatures stirring, and it's more than a mouse you should be worried about. And therein lies the tingle down your spine for this episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new holiday horror film, A Creature Was Stirring. I can't remember exactly when I first heard about A Creature Was Stirring or where the first time I saw the trailer, but it was earlier this year that I was made aware of this movie and I thought, okay, this has the opportunity to be either really good or really bad because I, I watched the trailer and it was really hard to tell. Of course, it stars Chrissy Metz, uh, most known for her work on the TV series This Is Us, a, a series that, uh, you know, I I don't think my wife and I watched the final season, but we watched most of the seasons, and I'm familiar with Chrissy Metz's her, her work uh, as far as that series. I know she's done some other movies as of late, some faith-based movies. I wasn't sure if that was what we were going to get with this. And it's not that. And I thought there would be anything wrong with that. I, I think there are a lot of faith-based horror films that are they're trying to do stuff like that. And it's interesting. You get some really interesting things. There was one movie in particular I watched called Nefarious, which uh, I think I watched that earlier this year. And, and and not a bad, not a great movie, but not a bad movie. It was very interesting, uh, you know, taking uh, something faith-based. I, I know the movie was rated R. I, I don't know how. Somebody must have paid somebody a lot of money to get an R rating for that. Uh, so when I saw this movie and Chrissy Metz's involvement and the fact that it was an R rating, I was like, oh, okay, this, this has a possibility to be a faith-based horror holiday film. And is it going to be like a legit R rating? Uh, now, it's not uh, not necessarily a faith-based, not that there would be anything wrong with that, because this does deal with faith to a degree. It does deal with religion 
to a degree, but not not the way you would think. And this is definitely a, a solid R-rated film. You have a lot of swearing in this. There are a lot of F-bombs dropped in this movie. There are some, there's some gore and some, some blood and some guts. There's a bit of sexuality. There's a bit of drug references. And so this is definitely an R-rated film. And like I said, well, it's not a faith-based film. Uh, it does delve into some questions of faith and some interesting angles. But this is a straight-up horror film film. It's directed by Damien Levesque, who is not a director I'm terribly familiar with. And if I you know, check him out on IMDb, he's mostly known for his work in editing. Uh, unless I am missing something, this, uh, from what I'm gathering, is his directorial debut. And written by Shannon Wells. I want to say Damien Levesque also had some uh, some work on the script as, as, as well. But again, Shannon Wells, look them up on IMDb. And this is, for all intents and purposes, the only script I see written by Shannon Wells. So, you know, we're looking at possibly a first-time screenwriter, first-time director. And for all intents and purposes, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I might. It's not that it didn't have its problems, but it did have an interesting story. I thought there was an interesting ending to it. Uh, I thought it did a lot of good things in the practical effects department. There was some interesting lighting that we'll get into all the the weather twos and the Y fours of this all in the spoiler territory section of this podcast but for right now trying to keep things as spoiler free as possible in case you haven't watched this but definitely an interesting story it's about a nurse taking care of her daughter who has this uh, mysterious affliction this mysterious illness and struggling to hide her secrets from uninvited strangers that take shelter during a lethal blizzard that's the kind of summary of the movie and of the plot on imdb uh, it's so much more than that this goes into a lot of dark secrets uh dark things being kept there's a lot going on here. It's more than just what meets the eye with this description of the movie. And like I said, you get some really good acting from a really small cast. Of course, you have Chrissy Metz, who I think does a really good job. Annalise Basso, who, who plays Chrissy Metz's, uh, her, her character's Faith. Annalise Basso plays the uh, daughter Charm. You have the two strangers that come in out of the storm. Liz, played by Scout Taylor Compton, and Connor Paolo, who plays Corey. Uh, big fan of both of theirs. Of course, Scout Taylor Compton was one of the bright spots, I could say, in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. I always enjoy her performance. Connor Paolo, I'm a huge fan of Stakeland and Stakeland 2. And of course, he plays Mark. And I believe the character's name in Stakeland. So it was cool to see him show up as Corey. He does a really good job. And the cast was quite good for this. Not a chamber play, but it is very isolated to this house. So you get that sense of claustrophobia. You get the sense of isolation. They're kind of out in the middle of nowhere during this blizzard and trapped in this house. And it almost has like a vibe of the thing where you have these people 
trapped and and snowbound by the elements in this place with a creature on the loose and how do you survive it it it, it kind of had that vibe to it to a lesser degree than john carpenter's the thing don't get me wrong i'm not comparing the two but it's it's that sort of feel that they're trying to go for with this which which i found quite interesting and and all in all it had enough creepy moments it had enough scary moments they didn't rely on a ton of jump scares they allowed the atmosphere and the otherworldly nature of the lighting and the unexplainable things going on to to really create a vibe of unease and like i said a, a creepiness and there are some moments of real terror in this movie. And I, I thought they did that all pretty well. And the movie was shot very well. I thought the the lighting was an interesting choice. And we'll get into the reasoning behind that choice a little bit later. But uh, there's some editing issues towards the end. The ending felt like a little bit rushed and a little bit out of left field. But I think there also is a reason for that. Some of the dialogue comes across a little awkward. And on first glance, it, it may seem like the dialogue's real shitty. But again, I think there is a reason for that. I've seen a lot of complaints about this movie that if you're not missing the forest for the trees, you'll see why some of the decisions were made. Does that make it a better movie? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. And for me, I think it did. Once I put two and two together in some areas, I'm like, okay, that's why this was a little clunky dialogue-wise here. This is why it's so night and day from the, the climax of the movie to the denouement. It really starts to make sense when you look at it from a as Obi-Wan Kenobi, a certain perspective. So uh, I really encourage you to check out this movie. If you like holiday horror, I think this is an excellent movie to watch. It came out in theaters on December the 8th and then released to video on demand on the 12th. I got a chance to watch it uh, late last week and was pleasantly surprised. This had an opportunity to be just like TV acting and hokey story and uh, shitty CG. And it had the opportunity to be a really bad B-grade holiday horror film. But it exceeded that and more. It was a good story. The acting was great. The special effects and the practical effects of this movie and the creature's design was all just outstanding for what I have to imagine was a fairly low budget movie to put together. And I thought they really knocked it out of the park with this. Is it the greatest holiday horror movie ever made? Not so much, but it is pretty good. And it is a holiday horror movie that you, you really kind of have to pay attention to what's going on to really get the ending of it. So that uh, is all I'm going to say about this movie without giving anything away or at least giving too much more away. Uh, go check out A Creature With Story. You can check it out in video on demand right now. And I encourage you to, to watch this. And I think you, you'll probably enjoy it if you let yourself. 
Uh, if you don't get caught up in too much of what you're seeing in the now and take a look at it in the, you know, when it's all said and done as to why they made some of the choices they made, I, I think you will enjoy it when it's all said and done. And, you know, once you watch it, come back and listen to my thoughts, see what I think about it, see how it compares to what you thought about the movie and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. So from here on out, if you haven't watched this movie, we are going to get in to some spoiler territory. So one of the things that I realized probably, I, I mean, I understood it when they were doing it, that opening shot of Chrissy Metz in this movie where you have the, all these harsh lights, blues and reds, and this whole movie, especially like the downstairs portion of this home that, that Chrissy... Metz's character Faith and her daughter Annalise Basso, her, her character Charm, are living in. It's decorated for Christmas. So there are a lot of very like starkly contrasting lights, holiday lights, greens and blues and reds and oranges, and it's it all very contrasting colors and very bright and kind of in your face. And when we start this movie out, you do have that red playing against the blue, almost like a heaven and hell. Uh, I, I think this first shot, which starts out with Chrissy Metz upside down in the frame, uh, the, the camera is turned upside down and she's looking out this, this door into this blizzard and she has this suitcase in her hands and, and you realize what she's contemplating doing a little bit later it starts to make more sense but you have the camera rotating so she's right side up you have the contrasting red and blue lights on her and it really all is to set up the fact that she is your narrator in this movie you are watching this movie from her perspective and she is an unreliable narrator it is kind of like uh going through the looking glass with this character the way they open her, you know, she has an inner turmoil going on. That's why you get the red and the blue contrast against her. You you have the, the camera rotating for her from upside down to right side up. And you're understanding, uh, maybe I didn't completely get it at first as to what it really truly meant. But the whole time I'm watching this movie, I, I had this opening shot stuck in my head. And I'm like, okay, why did they shoot it like that to begin with there's a reason for that and trying to figure out what the reason was and again i maybe maybe i was just enjoying the moment and enjoying the movie enough to where it at the end i'm like oh, okay that's that's why that's why they started this movie like this in this way but really that is the dead giveaway that there's something wrong with the faith character played by chrissy metz there is something that is not right with her. Things are going wrong. She's in a turmoil. She's topsy-turvy. Uh, she has these two things going on inside her, tearing her apart, ripping her into two. And you should know right off the bat that she is an unreliable narrator. And I think they do a really good job of setting up the bizarre relationship between her and her daughter with that first scene where she needs to take her temperature and she hands her the thermometer and the girl's like reaching behind her and like, oh, they're going to take the temperature that way. It's very intrusive. It's very un 
une- it made me uneasy. Uh, you know, the thought of somebody sticking a thermometer up their ass uh, to take their temperature is just, it, it just doesn't seem like something you do. I mean, I remember as a little kid, that seemed to be, and they say that is the most accurate way, but it's not the norm. It's not normally how you would take your temperature. And it just, again, added to the unease of the situation and the... And even more so the unease, it it added to the what the fuck's going on here with this movie? What What is going on with this girl that obviously has something wrong with her that her mother is making her do this? And the relationship between the two of them, just it really helped to paint a picture of how strained the relationship is. Now, without going through the whole movie and talking about every scene and every scary scene and, and the big reveal that these two characters, the Liz character and the Corey character, brother and sister, how they show up and they interact a lot with the characters, with Faith and with Charm. And the big reveal at the end that they are all figments of Faith's imagination. And all of the times that they're interacting with Charm, it is actually Chrissy Metz's character, Faith, that is interacting with Charm. But like I said, we're seeing this all through the perspective of Faith and you know that is established in the beginning so we're seeing what faith is imagining is going on in her head that these characters that were a part of her past and and that was an interesting revelation the relationship with Corey and liz and faith and how they played a part in her drug addict past and her imagining them in this situation right now was just a way of her working through all of that the demons of her past it was an interesting reveal i don't think it was done very smoothly but it was still very interesting i i think for the most part the whole thing worked with me how liz and Corey are figments of faith's imagination and that any interaction between liz and Corey and charm were all figments of Faith's imagination because Faith was the one actually interacting with Charm. I'd really have to watch it again just to see how well it worked. I, You know, I bought it. I'm okay with it. But there were moments where I'm like, is Charm just playing along with her mom when she's pretending to be Corey? Or is she just playing along with her mom when she's pretending to be Liz? How much is Faith pretending to be Corey or Liz? Uh, you know, we're seeing Corey and Liz on the screen, but uh, we, we find out with that big revelation at the end that it is Faith who is actually interacting with Charm. Is she you know, talking as if she is Liz or Corey and Charm is just placating her insane mom. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know how well it works logistically by how the scenes went. Like I said, I, I'd need another viewing or two to really determine that. But from a just a, a first view standpoint, I liked it. I thought it worked. I thought it worked well enough to be an interesting twist. There are some scenes like where I, I just don't know how you're supposed to take it. Where if Liz and Corey are figments of Faith's imagination... We have those scenes between Liz and Corey that Faith is nowhere near them or or Charm is nowhere near them. So what are we supposed to be imagining is going on once there is the reveal that Liz and Corey aren't actually there? That, to me, is a little bit of filmmaking trickery to make me 
think that they're actually there and a little misleading, I guess you could say. There are scenes between Corey and the creature. They establish that Charm turns into the creature, uh, but there's also another creature that is referenced as Charm's father. There is a, a scene, a couple scenes with Corey and this creature that, uh, again, you know, what are you supposed to gather from this? How are we supposed to be taking this when we realize that both of these things are figments of Faith's imagination, yet they're interacting together? Where, who's supposed to be seeing this? Who's supposed to be hallucinating this? And to have the scenes with Corey and this creature together almost feels like a little bit of filmmaker chicanery a filmmaker misleading me again if i think too much about it it, it bothers me but from just an enjoy the ride standpoint it didn't bother me that much and all throughout this movie you had a lot of visual cues that that this is a figment of somebody's imagination this is a figment of faith's imagination because Throughout this whole movie, you have all these stark colors uh, of holiday lights and a lot of colors contrasting with one another. Reds and blues, reds and greens, and it really felt otherworldly. You felt like you were in a, a different world and this isn't reality. And then when you juxtapose that between that final scene where Chrissy Metz is going outside and the blizzard has been a week behind them and it's apparently sunny in 75 out. I don't know what time of year this is supposed to be or what part of the country where you go from blizzards to 75 in a matter of seven days. But you see the snow's melted and everything's bright and sunny. She's apparently conquered her demons and you realize this is the real world. And what we saw before was just her perception of reality. And you have those scenes where you just get some like uh, light arcing and almost like animated visual effects and, and almost like streaks of lightning across screens. And it, it was very odd and bizarre. And there again, again, felt otherworldly and felt like a reminder that this isn't reality that we are seeing. This is the figment of someone's imagination. I think one of the more interesting uh, ways to show that is the scene where Liz is trying to go into Faith's bedroom. Faith is laying there on the bed and Corey goes in to distract her dressed in a Green Lantern outfit and and Liz is like belly crawling along the floor to get these keys and of course Corey and Faith are making out on the bed and then all of a sudden uh, as Liz is leaving you realize Corey's not there and that Faith is sleeping and then you're like oh, okay well she's just dreaming this uh, Faith is but then when you get the realization that Liz wasn't there to begin with that it was all completely a figment of Faith's imagination it was kind of an interesting visual cue. But there again, that also leads to the fact that this whole subterfuge of Liz taking the keys to Charm's room and going to talk with her, and it's not her at all, it is Faith. It, it just all gets very confusing if you think about it too much as to the logistics of the notion that Corey and Liz were figments of Faith's imagination, at least in this iteration of, of their place in the story. They, of course, were real people in Faith's life in years past, you know, 20 years in the past. But in, in this story, 
they are figments of her imagination and like i said the logistics of them doing things that are are not you know it couldn't be face imagination because she's not even in the scene i yeah just it gets a little muddy if you think about it too much so it's best to not think about it too much and just sit back and enjoy the show. Now, I will say the one thing that was kind of awkward was that flashback of Chrissy Metz back in her drug addict days. And she's a party girl and she comes across Corey and Liz. Uh, they're both very religious, trying to get her to stop. Uh, that religion plays into the iterations of them that Faith is imagining in reality, in the past 20 years ago, when they ran, uh, had run in with Faith, they were both religious. Corey was trying to get her to see the error of her ways and get her off drugs. And, and of course, Faith corrupts him, as she says, by shooting him up with heroin and banging him before he died. But they, they used Chrissy Metz in this scene, uh, supposed to, supposed to be playing a 20 year younger version of herself. And it just looked like her. And uh, she's a, a lovely actress. And I, I'm not sure exactly how old she is. Uh, she's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but she didn't look any younger than she did in the, the film proper. So it just, it didn't work as a, Oh, this is a younger version of her. Uh, and that was kind of weird, but I like how in her memory of them in the, in the actual past, the relationship she had with them, they were both very religious, but she liked Corey and wanted to shoot him up with heroin and screw his brains out. Even though he was very religious along with Liz in this, Liz is the religious zealot and Corey is more of the guy that he's not very religious and he wants to get with Faith because that's how she thinks of him. She thinks of Liz as the religious one and Corey is the guy that just ultimately wanted to get with her anyway because that's what she wanted from him when she had dealings with him in the past. I, I thought that was kind of an interesting play on reality versus perception of reality. And it was also quite interesting how they ended it where, you know, you have that scene where Liz is trying to leave and the realization that it wasn't Liz trying to leave. It was Charm trying to leave. And she ended up, I, I don't know as if it's ever really that clear how she dies, but she ends up getting tangled up in some trees. I don't know if a tree fell on her or, or how that works, uh, but she ended up dying in this blizzard. And that last scene where Faith is going out and smelling the roses, so to speak, uh, you have the emergency response vehicles there and taking her body off to the coroner. But that was kind of a, I don't want to say a shocking twist because at the time you're, you're really not sure, you know, who was actually leaving, whether it was just Faith's figment of her imagination with Liz leaving or if it was actually someone. When you find that it was actually Charm instead of Liz that was trying to leave and ended up dying it was kind of a, a jarring revelation and had a very Twilight Zone twist to it. Now, the creature was stirring aspect, uh, the creature aspect of this whole movie. Uh, I, I've tried not to delve too much into that and try to stand the psychology of it and the, the twist uh, of of plot to it all but 
this was a creature feature, and it was pretty decent as a creature feature because you have this relationship between Faith and Charm where Faith has come across as this nurse who's trying to protect her daughter because her daughter has some ailment. Now, granted, it all is all very Munchausen by proxy, uh, where Faith is essentially imagining that there is a problem with Charm. There's nothing wrong with her. She's perfectly fine. She's a perfectly normal teenager. But it's Faith's psychosis that makes her believe that her daughter is ill and that she has to use drugs to keep her temperature between 102 and 10, or was it was at 101, 102, and 104. And the fact that Charm is just kind of playing along to keep her crazy mother satisfied was pretty interesting. A pretty interesting revelation that there was nothing wrong with her. But the reason she's trying to keep her body temperature between 10, like I said, 101 or 102 and 104 is because. She believes that she will change into this monster, this kind of spiky, porcupiney monster with a bit of human flesh face on the top of it. And it, the creature design was really cool and really creepy and really uh, bizarre and disgusting. It just it was horrifying. I posted a picture of the uh, the creature from the movie on our Instagram page, and when my wife saw it, she was like. Oh, I can't look at that. It was so, so disturbing for her. But I thought the creature design was just fantastic. And then they had that one transformation scene where it, it makes more sense if it is all in Faith's imagination. At the time, Liz is in the room with Charm. But once you put together that it's actually Faith and we're just seeing Liz because we're all watching this from Faith's perspective and from her psychosis of it all and that she's actually imagining Charm changing. She's not actually changing, but she's imagining it. But the creature design and the special effects of that transformation were were disgusting. It had a very American werewolf in London meets uh, the guy's face melting from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was it was truly horrific. And like I said, uh, a wonderful job with some practical effects. I think that was probably one of the things I enjoyed the most about this movie is the fact that they used a lot of practical effects and a lot of practical creatures and a guy in a creature suit for the bulk of this movie. Now, that's not to say there wasn't a little bit of CG I think there was some CG blood, but there was also uh, some practical blood as well. Some practical effects. Corey being killed was was horrific and, and disgusting. I was really disappointed when the Liz character left. And I'm like, oh, that's... There's only two other characters, and one of them's not going to die. At least I don't think. Uh, I thought, well, this leaves, leaves nobody left to be killed. Uh, but then when the realization that it was actually Charm that was leaving, not Liz, the whole point of this movie wasn't so much the creature, but the psychological horror behind the manifestation of the creature within Faith's mind. Which normally I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a cop-out. But it was done well enough, and it was done interesting enough, that I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed the fact that the creature wasn't real. And, and normally it would be the other way around for me. I'd be like, ah, oh, damn it, there is no actual creature. It was all in somebody's head. That's uh, Sometimes that can be tantamount to, it was all just a dream for me. And, and, and a lot of times I don't like it, but the psychosis and, you know, mixed with the Munchausen by proxy syndrome uh, with the faith character was disturbing enough 
that I, that was almost scarier than an actual creature stirring in this house during the holiday season. Now, it wasn't pulled off without any plot holes and without any plot armor and script convenience. You have to spend a lot of disbelief, especially, like I said, when you're looking at this from a perspective of if this is all in Faith's head, then how are these two characters that aren't Faith having a conversation together? I get it. That could be a problem if you let it be a problem. But I think... These days, too many people are, are, are critics or fancy themselves critics and don't just sit back and enla- allow themselves to enjoy the movie. And uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law's girlfriend over the weekend. We had our Christmas with them early. And she asked me that, you know, how do you handle just sitting back and enjoying a movie versus analyzing a movie when you're watching? I said, it's a, it's a real fine line. I Ultimately, if I enjoy a movie, it doesn't have to be technically sound it doesn't have to be perfectly acted it doesn't have to be perfectly directed if it's an enjoyable movie it's an enjoyable movie whether there are plot holes or not Uh, but from that same standpoint i do want to look at something with a with a bit of a critical eye and yeah you have to kind of balance the two but i think too many people just fancy themselves uh huge critics with uh you know a perfect eye for uh upper class higher grade cinema and they're willing to tell you all about it i think you have to put that kind of pomposity behind you a little bit and just sit back and enjoy a fucking movie and if you let yourself just sit back and enjoy this movie as a holiday horror film I think you will enjoy it. It's not that there's not problems with it, and it's not that there's not uh, some issues with it. And I think some of the editing towards the end is a little clunky when you're going from the climax of this movie to the resolution of this movie where the storm has passed. It's been a week later and Chrissy Metz is going outside and we have the flashbacks that all seem very abrupt. It's an abrupt change of point of view from this. You have uh, psychosis, Chrissy Metz, and... In seeing Chrissy Metz's point of view from the whole movie, uh, where it's all the darkness and the bright colors, and it's just otherworldly to where she's now a little more uh, a clear mind. She's put the past behind her and threw out the briefcase that has, or actually the suitcase that has all the paraphernalia from when she was a, a drug addict. She's put that behind her. But her daughter's dead. Uh, but anything, anyway, you know, it's a, it's a brighter and it's a stark contrast visually from what we've seen the whole movie. So that was abrupt and jarring. Like I said, the flashbacks were like very abrupt, and I don't know how you handle that better. I don't know how you make that all smoother. Uh, there, I'm sure there's a way. This is a first time director, as far as I'm aware, with Damien Levesque, and, and maybe that's a part of his craft that he's going to work on. You know, he's an editor, so he he knows how to edit things well. And I think for the most part, the movie is edited well. I just think he got painted in the corner where you know this movie can't be a two hour long movie, and you've got to wrap this thing up. How do I do it? We're gonna jump to this scene, and then we're gonna jump to a flashback and roll credits. I don't know if that's the best way to do it from a directing standpoint, but there again, you know, it's a it's a learning lesson, and I'm really interested to see what else comes from Damien Levesque as a director, uh, from Shannon Wells as a screenwriter. I really enjoyed 
the movie for the most part. I enjoyed the story for the most part. Like I said, there are there's a lot of dialogue that just sounds awkward and like people don't talk like this. I thought that throughout the whole movie until the ending. Like I said, you're looking at this movie through Faith's perspective. And you're also looking at this movie through Faith's perspective visually where she is imagining characters that aren't there. Liz and Corey are not there. So she is very much an unreliable narrator. And in that, you don't know how much of this dialogue is actually going on or this is just how she's perceiving the dialogue in her head, which would be very clunky, which would be very uh, worded awkwardly and not how people talk you know people don't talk in monologues and people don't talk in like wrestling promos uh, you know they they talk naturally and this very much felt like how somebody would perceive a conversation between you ever have one of those uh you know i you know if i saw this person i'd tell them this this and then they would probably tell me that and you know you make up these conversations in your head that are way more complicated and way more articulate than it ever really happens when when you actually meet the person you want to talk to and it just it's a lot more simple <laughs> the conversation usually goes and i think that is the case with this where you have chrissy metz's faith character imagining these conversations in her head and that's why they're very clunky that is why they're saying things and responding to things not how people normally talk and i think that is done purposefully because you're witnessing this movie from her perspective which is obviously very impaired because of her mental state but ultimately i thought this was a really good movie uh, i thought it was done well enough not a perfect movie by any stretch but i thought it did all the right things in all the right places visually it was very interesting to look at uh, from a storytelling standpoint it it was odd and bizarre and it made you wonder what the hell is going on and left you with so many questions that you did actually get answers to now the, like i said there's some plot holes that that still leave some questions unanswered but when you look at it from the prism of mental illness uh, i think it makes a lot more sense and it does delve into some interesting themes of mental illness like i said the munchausen by proxy it goes into themes of religion and faith it goes into themes of battling your demons and finding the right outlets for those demons and it was amazing in the practical effects department i really loved the practical creature i loved how the creature was kind of born in faith's mind out of an incident that charm had in a zoo uh, you know when she was a little child part of that part of the idea that charm has a father that's obviously no longer in the picture whether that is because of faith's actions or his own actions but she obviously resents him for leaving her with a child that she's ill prepared to, to handle to deal with given her current mental state there's just a lot going on and a lot to to glean from this movie from a theme standpoint that you could watch this two or three times and, and probably still pick up on a little something different as far as a theme goes which i i like that i like movies that make you think i like movies that don't necessarily spell it out but then don't leave you with more questions than you had when you began the movie and ultimately it was just a creepy ass movie uh, with a, a lot. Yeah, it wasn't steeped in the holidays, but because of the decorations and everything that's going on, you never once forgot 
it was the holidays. And I have to say, the creepy-ass version of What Child Is This with the lyrics that they changed up to really fit this movie and this story was creepy as hell. It kind of reminded me of the uh, version of Carol of the Bells that kicks off a Christmas horror story, which I, I absolutely love that song at the beginning of that, that Carol of the Bells version. But this uh, took What Child Is This redid the lyrics to to fit the movie and it was creepy and haunting in a great way to open up this movie and to close this movie uh, that that just added to the haunted nature and the creepy unease that this movie built throughout from start to finish and i think that's probably what i enjoyed the most about this that well it wasn't necessarily scary although it did have a couple scary moments uh you know things in the shadow moving that you're you're just catching in the periphery is always scary the the darkness that that they played with a lot shadow wise was really scary but ultimately this was just a creepy had a creepy vibe from start to finish an unnerving vibe from start to finish that even when there wasn't something scary on the screen you really felt uh, ill at ease throughout the bulk of this movie and the atmosphere that uh, Damien Levesque created with this film, I think makes it, I, I'm not going to say that this is a movie I'll never watch again. This is a movie actually that I would probably check out again. Uh, maybe not a movie I'll watch every year or maybe, maybe every other year, but this is definitely a movie that I would check out again, maybe a couple years from now or Hell, I might even try to convince my wife to watch this with me. Chrissy Metz is in it. It's just like this is us, practically. But ultimately, a Christmas horror film that I I actually really enjoyed, in spite of its imperfections, in spite of the things that they didn't get quite right. It doesn't take much suspension of disbelief in this movie for me to look past some of those storytelling things that just didn't work completely. They didn't knock it out of the park, but I'm going to say this is a solid stand-up double. If we're going, all of a sudden I'm doing sports analogies, but uh, but but I really liked this movie and really enjoyed it. And that ultimately is, for me, the, the best praise I can give a movie is that I enjoyed watching it, especially in spite of some inconsistencies story-wise. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on A Creature Was Stirring. You can check it out now. Video on demand. Not sure what streaming device it may eventually come to, but you can at least rent it uh, for the holiday season. And I encourage you to check it out. If you like if you like horror movies uh, with a holiday theme, uh, if you like creature features and creature movies, this I think is a, a good one that you'll yeah, it may not be your favorite movie, but I think you'll enjoy it well enough if you if you allow yourself. And it's like I said, it's done for the most part, fairly well. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on A Creature Was Stirring. Check it out now. You can check out more that's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook and Instagram page. There's always posted about horror, fantasy, and science fiction. You can also stay on top of our latest episodes and uh, what's dropping as far as our Monday and Thursday episodes, what's dropping as far as any special features that we're going to do. But uh, we do have our Christmas episode coming up on Thursday before Christmas. So this Thursday... We have our Christmas episode and lots to talk about. We're going to talk about some old favorites that uh, are enjoyable to watch around the holiday season. We're going to talk about something new, uh, not that I watched during the holiday season, but read uh, an interesting uh, take on a holiday uh, comic with the uh, Creepshow holiday special 
uh, comic that they issued earlier this month. So we're going to do a little bit of a review on that and a whole lot more. So check it out, our Christmas special coming up on Thursday's episode of the podcast. So no matter where you listen to this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow it, whatever you have to do to stay on top of all the new episodes. And uh, let us know that you're out there and you enjoy what you're what you're listening to, uh, as well as leaving a review, five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. And share this podcast, please, with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!